Hello and thank you for listening to episode 448 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our interview shows. And in this one, it is my absolute pleasure to have spent some time having a chat with composer Cliff Martinez about his work on the awesome movie Drive. Released on June the 6th by Second Sight Films, it's a limited edition 4K UHD and Blu-ray release. And it is very, very nice indeed. If you've already seen Drive, you'll know what a great film it is. Hopefully you've got your pre-order in for this uh, fantastic release from Second Sight Films already. If, however, you've never seen Drive, well, you're in for a treat. You are in for an absolute treat, especially, again, if you buy this amazing release. I will put a link to it into the show notes. Just go and have a look what you get with this. It is well worth the money. So, no more from me. I know you want to listen to Cliff. So sit back, relax, get comfortable and listen to me and Cliff have a little chat about his work on Drive. And of course, as is usually the way in the interview shows that I do, the odd tangent as well. But I'm just trying to figure out my record, my record for it. I've got it. I've got your audio done, Cliff. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, don't look at me to help you with recording because I, I have no <laughs> idea how to. How, you'd think after all this, uh, you know, Zoom stuff that we've all been dealing with. I never had heard of Zoom before the pandemic, but um, neither had yeah. I. It was always Skype. I forgot to record something. It was Skype. I'd never knew a thing about Zoom before. Yeah, I never recorded anything on Skype, and it was always Skype. I always work with Nicholas Reffin mm-hmm. by Skype, you know. He'd be up at, like, you know, 7 in the morning. It would be, like, you know, middle of the night for me, and I always felt like I was at a huge disadvantage because he'd had a good night's <laughs> sleep, and I was at the end of my day. Oh, those damn time differences. They get you every time, don't they? <laughs> well, it was, you know... I didn't miss a beat when the pandemic hit because I've always had anti-social tendencies to begin with. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd done a lot of work on the internet. Um, my team all lived in my neighborhood, mm-hmm. but I never saw them. We all, we always communicated, you know, by the internet and directors like Nicholas, I, you know, seldom we would get together when he come to town, but, for the most part, we worked remotely. So, you know, it was it was kind of easy for me to step into this <laughs> world of Zoom and, and, you know, getting work done via the Internet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great to have a chat with you, Cliff. Thank you for giving me some of your time. And it's great to see you on screen in front of me as well. Thanks to Zoom. Uh, yeah, I know. Who knew? <laughs> Drive. Let's. I mean, let's talk about Drive. We watched it here last night again. We got sent an advanced copy of this new 4K Blu-ray release that's coming up, and it was probably it must have been about a fourth or fifth viewing of the film since it's come out because we love the movie. And a discussion that came up between me and Tina was, we've we've always discussed what films can you not separate the music from because they just have to go together. And it was all the benchmark for us. Cliff was always Blade Runner. You know that that score by Vangelis is just incredible. And yeah, then, and then Drive came out, and and your work on that, and it was, we've got a contender now because we cannot we cannot imagine Drive without your music in it at all. They just they meld so perfectly. How let's begin. How did you first become involved with the project? Well, first I 
I should say that's that's pretty high. That's setting the bar pretty. Blade Runner is like one of the all-time great films and film scores. Mm-hmm. And interesting because my mine are Fistful of Dollars. Oh yeah, and yeah, the yeah, Day yeah. the Earth Stood Still. And I just you know recently realized that those are two films that I've seen. I probably see once a year since I was a little kid and the reason that you can, they hold up under repetition, unlike books and most movies is because of the scores. The score allows you, I mean, music just works that way with, it becomes loved through repetition. Yeah. And uh, film and books don't usually work that way. You read a book and you rarely read it twice unless it's a, some kind of a reference book. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so a film that you can watch over and over, the secret ingredient is probably the music. Yeah. Um, but how I got involved, um, I was working on a film called The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, the head of, it was a Lakeshore film. The head of Lakeshore Music was a guy named Brian McNellis, and um, he was friends with Adam Siegel, one of the producers of Drive. Um Adam asked Brian if he had any recommendations for a composer. I guess he didn't know any. And, and Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas, I'm told, wanted to do Needle Drop. He had just come off of, he had just done Bronson, mm-hmm. yeah. which I think was all songs. And uh, he wanted to go the same route. And the producers were, um, thought that it, it you know, it, need, is gonna, it was going to need an original score. So anyhow, Adam Siegel reached out to Brian, asked for a recommendation. He recommended me because I was working on The Lincoln Lawyer and um, introduced me to Nicholas. They showed me the film, which was was unusual because usually you get hired when the film's uh, still being cut and mm-hmm. edited. Yeah. This was like a locked cut. It was like pretty much a done film except for the music and the, uh, the sound. And uh, I fell in love with the film. I said, Oh, I, I would love to do this. I had no idea if it would be successful because I'd always, I'd given up on trying to predict the success or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. but I just knew that I liked it. I fell in love with it. And, uh, and I got along with Nicholas. We, I think we had dinner together he came over to the house i played the bache crystal which was in the living room for him and um we got along well so i i mean you never know some directors put on a good front but they turned out to be really difficult (laughs) (laughs) when the rubber meets the road but um i had a good feeling about nicholas and uh you know i guess the rest is history oh yeah like i said it it is the the perfect meld of of video and, and audio i mean because you've got such an eclectic background as far as music is concerned it's how did you begin to put the the music together for this i mean you say you saw the finished cut of it and everything but what was your starting point going forward with it well there was um there was a temporary score which i think was brian eno trent Reznor, atticus ross social network. 
it was kind of this ambient minimal stuff. So I kind of got the idea that it would be, you know, stark electronic score. Mm -hmm. But um, the big tip off was the songs because the, the five songs that are in the film were bought and paid for at that point. So they were, they were more or less locked in. And um, I think there's one opera song from a film, but the other four were all kind of a, this eighties synth pop thing. Yeah. And, um, and I heard that and I thought I can make a connection there with the underscore. I can, I can do something in that vein that will complement those, those four songs. So that was a, a big starting point. Um, you know, the songs were kind of a good reference and I, and I've been scratching my head over the years wondering what I could do to repeat the success of, of <laughs> drive, you know, and I, I just, I just don't know what the formula is, but I know it has something to do with the fact that the underscore and the songs are, are very integrated. Yeah. Um, that has something to do with it. Over the years has the way that us as a consumer listen to sound, both in the cinema and at home as well, has that, affected your work in any way knowing i mean because going way back when you know i'd watch a film if i was watching a film at home it'd be on a tv and it'd just be mono sound whereas now i've got a full surround sound setup and everything does that affect you as a composer when you're doing scores for movies knowing that we're consuming it a little bit different than we used to well yeah it used to be you know you would i'm going to give away my age here but i, I you know you would i would put the tone arm down on a record and sit between a pair of speakers yeah. and you'd listen and you'd pay attention. Yeah. Uh, very carefully. Um, nowadays that experience probably is the home, the home theater has probably replaced the stereo in that it's a pair of speakers. You sit down, usually you're paying complete attention mm -hmm. to, to the film and that, kind of audiophile sensibility of great speakers and a subwoofer and, you know, five channels and that kind of audiophile experience is, is now in, in, in the home theater. But the way people listen to music is usually now you're doing something else. You're vacuuming, you're washing the dishes, you're, uh, you're driving in your car, which is probably the, the best, the, the way you play the, pay the closest attention is probably in the car because the car usually sounds pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're pretty isolated from outside distractions. And while you're driving, you're, you're pretty, you're paying pretty close attention to the music. Um, for me, I still like to listen to stuff and not pay attention to it. <laughs> See, <laughs> I get lots of ideas uh, by listening to music and letting my mind wander to other things. Um, but yeah, I, I would say I've got a very short list of COVID benefits. Um, <laughs> one of them is, well, the election kind of went the way I wanted it. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that had something to do with uh, COVID. Uh, the traffic has lightened. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the other thing is that I watch a lot more movies and I really take my research of the movies that I watch real, really seriously. 
So I'm watching a lot more st stuff. And yeah, I, I pay attention to uh, and am influenced by, by films. I mean, that's kind of how I got into it. I stopped going to nightclubs and being a rock and roll drummer and started going to movie theaters. And, and that's how I fell in love with the movies. Because yeah. if anybody listening to this doesn't already know, I mean, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Cliff. I mean, yeah, I don't know what that is because I'm, I'm not actually, there is, I never saw what the, what the <laughs> Hall of Fame is. It's like a six hour ceremony. Yeah. And by the way, it's like, it's awesome. It's not cheesy in the slightest. And if you go to Cleveland and just talk to any waitress, she could like hold court on, you know, Bruce Springsteen or give you, you know, talk for an hour on, uh, on Rick Rubin or they're, they're just like such a musically literate town. And that, um, that event is, is such an homage to, um, you know, the art of rock and roll music. Oh yeah. And just going back briefly to, I was watching the film again last night and, th and through the surround sound system, it, it, it completely enveloped us the way that they'd done the mix on it was, was really, really good. And I'd love to know, did you have any ideas for it that you just threw away at one stage? You went, now oh, this will be good, this will be good, and then no, it didn't quite work, and you threw it away. Is I, there anything that jumps to mind immediately? No, there's no big ones, because one of the interesting things about the process of scoring drive was that um, I had five weeks until the release, or until the mix, final mix of the film and subsequent release, and that's my, that, at that point, that was my land speed record for like, you know, starting and finishing a score yeah. in five weeks. That wow. was like, that was unheard of for me. So the, the upside was that there wasn't any time for, for, for doubt or second drafts. So most of the material kind of were first drafts. And uh, Nicholas, I think, threw a few things back to be fine-tuned. But for the most part, everything kind of went through <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, since then, I've done things that were fast. Uh, but for the most part, the better films, like for me, like Traffic and Solaris, those things, you know, I had three months. And yeah. usually if you're going to do something that's somewhat experimental or do something that's fresh or new, you have to have time to screw up and fail and recover mm -hmm. and, and learn from your mistakes. And there was no such time for that with drive. Um, but luckily it's, it, it all seemed to work out. <laughs> <laughs> it most certainly did. There's, so, <laughs> but there's been plenty of times when I've had five weeks and completely, you know, had my, pants down around my ankles and, <laughs> and uh, you know completely screwed it up so it just it just worked with drive yeah. but i can't think of any big leftovers uh with drive musically before our time is up and i could talk to you all night cliff and hopefully sometime in the future i can have you back on the show because there's so much i could talk to you about but before we go i've got to tell you my stepson wesley is a huge fan of yours so much so you're the reason that he has a drive tattoo. You really are. And, 
Oh, I've seen a few of those. I, <laughs> I was really stunned. I've, I've seen, and, and it's the logo from the, from the title sequence. And uh, yeah, that's when, you know, that's a big, that's a big fan you're, that you're popular. He's a, he's a musician. He's a vocalist in the band and he writes music. Have you got anything, any, any partake, any bit of information for him in his hopefully going forwards as a career, as a musician? Uh, well, I'll try to be concise. Uh, I've always thought that, um, that originality counts for something. And I, I don't say that I'm like the most original guy. <clears throat> I will plagiarize, uh, other artists, um, readily if I like what they do the thing is, is that I'm such an inept uh, mimic that I, that I usually <laughs> screw it up in an interesting way. But I, I like to believe that you are competitive in the marketplace by being unique and, and being having your own voice. Mm -hmm. And I would say, I think that's the most important thing because uh, I don't get hired for everything. I'm not versatile. I'm not a jack of all trades, but if you want, something that sounds like me, mm. there's not a lot of other options. And that's what I would say was yeah. be an original, be, be the best version of yourself that you could be. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to be out there by yourself stylistically. Um, that is your strength, not, not a weakness. That's some good advice right there. Well, thank you, Cliff. Like I said, I could talk to you for hours. Hopefully we get the chance to have a chat a bit longer about so many other subjects as well. But thanks again for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with uh, you. Likewise. Likewise. Uh, always love talking about myself. So. <laughs> thanks, Cliff. All right. Thank you. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. Yet another interview show where I could have spent hours happily chatting to the guest. Uh, Cliff was an awesome guest. Uh, hopefully you agree. Some great stories there. What a career. What great work he's done over the years. What great work still incoming from him, I hope, too. As you know it by now, don't you? Surely. 60mw.co.uk. Numerical 60, not alphabetical. Just go there. Everything is on there. The links to everything we do, our social media, Twitter and Instagram at, at 60MW Podcast. Twitter is the main one that I use to keep everybody updated on what we're doing. Do the giveaways. We give a lot of uh, Blu-rays and DVDs away. You're listening to this. I presume that you're interested in film. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. We are constantly giving away films. And of course... If you enjoy interview shows, there is, I think, at the top of my head, about 150 interview shows to pick from that we've released so far, as well as all the other format shows that we do too. If you're not familiar with 60MW, then please have a look on the site, go to the podcast drop-down box and search through the many different format shows that we do, and you might find some. Well, hopefully, he says, you might find some. I should say it confidently, really, shouldn't I? You will find some that you will enjoy. Have a look. Anyway, thank you for listening to this. We will be back again soon with another show. <laughs>